0: Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Once again, I can't thank you enough for all your support. And once again, we have an amazing guest on today. We have Dr. Julie Hanks. Thanks for being here today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for the invite.
0: Oh, you betcha. Um, I also want to just, again, give thanks to our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me, and um, and I'm just grateful for where we're at. Uh, we've had so many amazing stories on here, and the feedback's been overwhelming Positive and people have have reached out and they're getting help now and just and and it's because of people like you who are listening to this who share this and and this is going to be no different today. Um, let me give you a little background on uh, Dr. Hanks. Um, She is a licensed clinical social worker and a psychotherapist with 28 years experience specializing in women's emotional health and relationships. She's also the founder and director of Wasatch Family Therapy, which we were just talking about it. It includes the entire family uh, dynamic. Um, She's also written two books, uh, The Burnout Cure and The Assertiveness Guide for Women. And she's also a speaker, a coach, a blogger a local and national media contributor, an online influencer, a private practice consultant, and award-winning performing songwriter. Maybe we could get you to sing today. That would be (laughs) kind (laughs) of cool. She is originally from California and she currently lives here in Sandy and she's just doing amazing things. I've I've been following her uh, as of late, and she's doing a lot lot of great things, and she really is a light to this world, and I'm so grateful, and I feel honored to have you on today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Oh, you bet. Thanks, Todd. Well, tell us a little background about you, like where you grew up. You obviously grew up in California. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Southern California in the San Fernando Valley, and so I'm a valley girl.
0: Valley girl. (laughs) (laughs) Remember remember those days? I do. I'm
1: an official valley girl. (laughs) Uh, Graduated from North Hollywood High School. I grew up... In a large family, there were nine kids. Really okay. So I'm the second oldest, so okay. I've been taking care of people for a long time.
0: <laughs> Boy, I'll say. Yeah. You probably had a uh, probably a fight for the bathroom growing up. Yeah. And, and food and yep, all that stuff, yep. right? Yeah. You, you gotta
1: <laughs> take it while you can, or it won't be there tomorrow. So, um, but lots of fun, lots of love, lots of music. My dad's a professional musician, Lex Diaz Avedo.
0: Yes. He yeah. To talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah. So he I grew up with a musician father who. Uh, he was actually he worked from home a lot, so that was kind of fun. Oh yeah, um, and a full time mom who was there for us and you know keeping things running at home. So <laughs> um, yeah, but lots of music. My grandmother right. was also a um, singer in the big band era with the King Sisters and the oh, King okay. family. Really, so. I was really close with her as well, and that's where I got my love for music from—my grandma and my dad.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Was that something that was expected growing up, that you, or is it more like, "Hey, do you like this, and then we'll um, let you move, pursue it?" Or
1: the the older half of our family, we all took an instrument. Um, I took piano lessons. Uh, and t- I think it was until we're sixteen, we had to take some, yeah it's something like, right do something. Um, yeah. But it didn't stick with all of us, and it stuck with some. And everybody's right. creative in my family, but not necessarily in the music area.
0: All right, yeah. that's that's awesome. So talk about growing up. You know, you know, nine kids. I mean, talk about how that dynamic was. And and. Yeah. I'll, being one of the oldest, obviously, you probably had a lot of responsibility as well.
1: Yeah, I did. I had, I, I tell my siblings now, I'm like, I'm sorry, I did the best I could. I was only eight when you were born, you know. Right, right. Um, my, my mom did a great job and was overwhelmed quite a bit. And uh, right. um, and so I did a lot of, of caregiving and, and really enjoyed that um, right. as well. It kind of became part of my identity oh, okay. to some degree. Um, being the helper, being, making a difference for people, it's kind of where I got my passion for some of the other things that I do.
0: Right. What else did you get involved with growing up? You know, obviously music was a big part of your life growing Mm up. Other things that you were involved with?
1: Um, yeah, I was in student government in high school. Um, I was actually on the basketball team. I'm only 5'2", uh, but I was point guard (laughs) guard, on on JV basketball, (laughs) Nice. cheerleader, kind of just the the usual (laughs) stuff, um. Had had a good, you know, really good childhood, but I also had some um, kind of this sad underlying. Like everything is perfect on the outside, but I I wasn't like something was wrong on the inside. Okay, and so which didn't make sense to me because my life was great, and so I kind of. Um, I be, I kind of became perfectionistic and okay. a little bit like trying to earn my worth.
0: Right, okay. And so
1: that created some some problems how for me. How old were
0: you when you started noticing that?
1: Um, I started noticing the unhappiness and, and kind of the perfectionism stuff, probably 14. Okay. And my parents were so great. They, they were like, we don't know how to help you. Do you want to go talk to somebody? And so... That I started in therapy as a teenager. Okay. Uh, which So it got
0: to the point where it was bad enough to where, hey, yeah you know, your parents noticed and Yeah. And and yeah. I
1: said, Yeah, I would love to go talk to somebody. I don't know why I'm unhappy. I don't know, you know, why I don't feel good about myself. I should feel great about myself.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. So so I had really great experiences in therapy as an adolescent. Right. And that prompted me to kind of start thinking about that as a career. Right. And go, well, maybe I can make a difference because it made such a difference for me and opened up this whole new world of like the intangibles and the internal processes. And I was so externally focused right, uh, before. And it, so it just opened up this whole new world that was so amazing. Yeah. And um, they're yeah. so rich, you know. Sure, oh yeah, absolutely. So to have that awakening as a teen was really... A gift.
0: Right. Well, I, I wanna get more into that obviously, mm-hmm. but I wanna go back to, you know, you, you you're you're struggling with this feeling and I think this happens to a lot of kids. You know, the outside world looks like everything's fine. Family seems intact, everyone seems to be getting along, but they walk around thinking or feeling like what you know, something's wrong with me, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. do, do you did you feel like I mean was it was it something that caused you to feel like depressed, and did you act out on any of that kind of stuff, or was it just where you closed in? Or?
1: Yeah, it just um, I didn't know how to process emotion, and so mm-hmm. I developed an eating disorder. Okay. And depression. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. this is about fourteen. About fourteen. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and I think that's common. I hear this a lot with a lot of younger uh, females yeah. who go through the same thing, and. And the eating disorder, and you probably know a lot more about it than I do, but talk about that. that yeah. why, does, why does feeling that, that, that hopelessness feeling at times, or that perfectionism, and you're not quite able to live up to it, why does it lead to maybe behaving where it leads to maybe a, an eating disorder? Will you explain that to us? Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Um, from my perspective as a, a as an adolescent, like that was the thing that was wrong. Like, oh, it must be that I'm not. Like, that I need to change my appearance, that oh, I need okay. to like that's the thing that needs work. So that must be the cause of why I'm unhappy. Gotcha. My body, right right. So. Okay. So then uh, you know you attempt to try and control that and then it ends up not working right. <laughs> right That's yeah. not the problem. Um, it's you know, underlying yeah. kinds of things. so
0: right. So I, you know I know when someone goes through that, like when they when they have this eating disorder, it's, it's that instant gratification for a minute right when mm-hmm. they do what they're doing so talk about that how that played a role in what you what you know what led to what you're doing yeah if that
1: makes sense. Um, what led to w- what
0: well part? you know like that instant gratification right usually mm-hmm. what that's what an eating disorder kind of does it's like maybe you you know you do it for the moment and thinking okay I'm losing weight or mm-hmm. I'm starting to get skinnier or I'm changing my appearance how 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 did you recognize well this really isn't doing anything?
1: When it didn't solve the the underlying depression. Yeah. And was like, wait, this this actually doesn't work and now I it feels out of control. What am I going to do? Right. So I w- actually went to my parents, which says a lot about them, and For just said, sure. "I need some help."
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At 14, to be able to have the guts <laughs> to go, "Hey, mom, dad, something." And they're wrong. like,
1: "We don't know," you know. And then there was also some conflict with one of my siblings and mm-hmm. some other family dynamics that were going on that you know were were difficult, and so they're just like, "We don't know how to help you." So.
0: So we're going to find some help. Yeah, and so, great. so you go, you, you go see a therapist uh-huh. at that age. Were, were you nervous? Can you remember back then? Were you nervous going the first time? Um, or Was it like this? Oh, I, I don't want to do this.
1: No, I, I was really looking forward to okay. it. Um, and I, I, I think I thought of it just like a, going to the doctor. I mean, I wasn't, I don't recall being overly nervous or mm-hmm. anything, but, um, but just like, wow, you can talk to somebody and they can help you. Like, yeah. That is so cool.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. That's why you, you you caught on to that so quickly and how, you know, it's obviously led to what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, do, what What would you say to someone that maybe be listening to this right now who maybe has a daughter mm-hmm. who's going through this or they're going through it themselves with yeah. like maybe an eating disorder, but maybe even the, the, the. I guess the symptoms before that, not feeling good enough, and yeah, that kind of thing—what, yeah.
1: overachieving kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I would just say that remember, it's not about food and weight. It's about something else. It's about control, or it's about emotional management, mm-hmm. or loneliness, or there's something underneath. And so, so often, parents will try to you know, force their child to eat or like focus on just the symptoms okay. and, and not get right. to the underlying kinds of things. So, yeah, so get a therapist for your child or for yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. There's
0: no shame in that whatsoever. Yeah. It's actually a really powerful thing. And like, and it's interesting when you say as a 14 year old, you're like, yeah, I was actually looking forward to it. And, and I could actually talk to someone. This is really cool. Yeah. You know, I work with a lot of younger kids as well. And mm-hmm. it's interesting, You you know, the kids that really don't want to be there, you know, they're, they're closed off. They're, you know, and then other kids, you know, but I, I see it's a little more rare where they're like, hey, yeah. I'm ready to talk. But Let's do that this. was
1: also part of my pleasing, okay. trying to make, do you, do you know what I mean? That sure. was part of like my persona was, gotcha. I'm going to go in and be a good patient. <laughs> you
0: uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm going
1: to be a good client. Yeah. So I think that was part of it too. I, I was anxious to to figure out, get to the bottom of it, but I also wanted right. to be a good client. <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> a go-getter, right? <laughs> Well, how did this play into like so you're 14, how long did you end up doing this for? Was it
1: So on and off probably until 18. So about 4 years. 4 years, mm-hmm. okay.
0: So through your high school years. Yeah. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, and part of um about 18 is when I got serious about writing songs, and so that was I found this creative outlet that mm-hmm. allowed me to process emotions, really deep, intense emotions. Mm-hmm. And that, that real, in addition to therapy, that really helped me and it gave me like a way to contribute in a positive way. Yeah. It was really Do great. you
0: find that in your clients even today where they struggle with that emotional piece?
1: Oh yeah. Every, every right. single client. Everyone. It's really, right. How do I deal with emotions? I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of at the root of all addictive all of behavior and right. yeah. Yeah. depression, anxiety, it's Yep. like how do I tolerate this and how, what do I do about it?
0: Yeah, so you do this through high school and obviously you were seeing improvement. Mm-hmm. Did Did you notice your confidence was still pretty good intact? Because again, you're that pleaser, you're a hard worker, you're, yeah. you want to do your best.
1: Um. Yeah, I think there was still some lingering insecurity, but I, I felt like being able to overcome it, I mm-hmm. felt so good, just like, oh my gosh, I can... Yeah. I'm I'm the boss of me now, you know. And <laughs> yeah. um then went to college and um did well and really enjoyed school. Um I got married really young. Okay. So that was I got married at 20, so
0: Yeah, that is young. It was
1: young and then I had a baby <laughs> at 21. Um but I I knew that I wanted to to become a therapist and so I just kept going in school and juggled the family life and Music and performing and school and, you know, I was really good at juggling multiple areas right. of life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you have you have four kids. We were talking about that four earlier. Four kids, four uh-huh. kids now, yeah, which yep. is awesome. Uh, that's really neat. Yeah, so, so you, what, what I find fascinating is you, you even knew at a at fourteen, I guess, like, man, this is something I could see myself doing. Yeah, you know, and well, you never got away from that.
1: And I, I, my family. You know, I looked at my family and thought, we all have the same parents, but we're all so different. This is, how does this happen? And so I was kind of always interested in interpersonal Mm -hmm. dynamics. And in in junior high and high school, I loved psychology, and sociology, the social sciences. And so I kind of always leaned that way.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, obviously you got, you know, you got Wasatch Family?
1: Wasatch Family Therapy. Therapy. Mm -hmm.
0: And how long has that been around now?
1: 2002.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So I started that right when my third um, child was born and just, I named it that because I, I envisioned that it would grow beyond just me. Right. And even though it started out, it was just me. It was my private practice. Just you, (laughs) me. But I'm like, I'm Wasatch (laughs) Family Therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then over the years, I've just kept my eye out for like-minded people who are gifted and who are they're on this planet to be therapists, you Right, know? yeah, they so, were born to do it kind of thing, yeah. yeah. So I, I always say we're never hiring and we're always hiring the right person. Uh, I love we'll that. make room for the right. the right person. The right fit, so, I love mm-hmm.
0: that, that's beautifully said. Um, so, you know, before you did this, you, you, you know, and we were even talking off the air, you, you were first focused mainly on helping women, is that correct?
1: I actually started out working with kids and families. Oh, okay. And then it, it evolved over the years of my practice to working with women.
0: Oh, gotcha. I
1: realized that if you help the parents, the kids do so much better yeah. <laughs> rather than just working with the Cause kids. Because it's usually a family issue. Right, right, right. And that was my perspective. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to. And then as I grew up and went through things, I thought I can really relate to the women's side of it.
0: Too. Right. Yeah. And you actually wrote a book, right? Uh, a couple a couple of a books, couple for books for women, yeah. for women. Mm-hmm. Talk about those and what was the purpose of those books? Yeah. That we mentioned. So,
1: I did some uh, some workshops for about 10 years with uh, women's religious organizations uh, all over the western states and I started collecting data before I went and spoke so I could normalize Mental health problems, and say, get you know, seventy percent of you feel guilty on a regular basis, or you know, I could give stats. And so, (laughs) over time, I just I realized I had thousands of surveys, and so um, that workshop, and what I learned through presenting that, and then all these surveys, I I kind of turned that into my first book.
0: Oh, I love it. And then you wrote a book on assertiveness, right? Uh-huh. So talk about assertiveness for a minute and what that is and then why that's so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the name of the book is actually kind of misleading because oh, okay. it's really, I mean, it is about assertiveness, but it takes a, um, an attachment theory lens. And gotcha. so basically the, the the thesis that I put out there is assertiveness actually strengthens relationships. The more you know yourself the more you know your emotions and your thoughts the, the better you're at you are at articulating that and what you need and that that it improves your relationships okay. so it's really a relational focused kind of book it's not like get out there and get your you know oh, like okay. get gotcha. your needs met it's like okay. how do you advocate for yourself in relationships and to improve relationships
0: oh i love that yeah. You know, assertiveness is a very powerful thing to, for us to cultivate and, uh, and especially in relationships, like mm-hmm. you're saying. So um, what are what are some of the things that you notice that you, you know, maybe deal with that maybe, you know, you're, you're seeing a trend in or whatever with, with people that are struggling with certain things? Mm-hmm. Is there something you're noticing? Um, or?
1: Yeah, there are lots of themes. And I talk about this in, in The Burnout Cure, uh, my first book, a lot of the things that I personally have experienced, you know, yeah. not feeling good enough, perfectionism, being really hard on yourself, feeling mm-hmm. like a failure. Uh, I work with a lot of w- religious women who uh, are moms and right. they feel like they're failures because they're, um, their children are a reflection of them. Right. And so we work on kind of helping them recognize that your your kids actually aren't extensions of you, that they're their yeah. own people. and yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of that. Um,
0: it's probably tough for a mom to, to see that. Yeah. It's like, so, well, no, they are, they really right. are. And, but no, actually they're their own individuals and yeah. they're going to, you know, get to a point where they're going to do their own thing. Right. You right. Know, and,
1: so that, that's a common theme, yeah. uh, relationship problems, depression, anxiety, just kind of the, you know, the, what you would expect a lot of in a, outpatient. Right. Eating disorders. I've worked with a lot of sure. eating disorders through yeah. the years.
0: Well, what I love to hear you say, and it's cool that you're doing this because I really believe what we go through happened for us. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think you went through that for a reason as a young girl and, mm-hmm. and struggling with that. But it was almost like, you know, I I say this to my own clients, you know, our addiction is our wake up call to our greatness. Mm -hmm. It's a wake up call. Like, Hey, we're, you know, you're going to get through this. You're better than this. You can rise above it. And now when you figure this out, go turn around and help other people. Right. It sounds like it's kind of what you're doing.
1: That's, that's exactly. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really passionate about supporting women's mental health and relationships. That's what I love to do,
0: right? No, I love that. So, what are some of these other things you're doing? I know you've got yeah. your own practice, and yeah. you've got people that are working underneath you in that. What are some other things that you're involved with?
1: Um, I'm actually an assistant professor of social work at Utah Valley University. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Just that's started awesome. this semester, right so that's on. kind of a new, uh, new chapter, which is <laughs> I'm really enjoying, and that's a way to give back yeah. to the community and uh, share some of the things that I've learned in my my clinical practice. So that's been fun. Um, and I'm also very active on social media. And I I love using media and social media to educate and to inspire. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great to hear you say Because a lot of times, you know, I mean, social media, you it, you know, I, it re- usually gets a lot of bad rap mm-hmm. stuff, like, you know, because it's time consuming. It's a lot of stuff out there that's probably not appropriate. Yeah. Or kind of, you know, uh, influences in the wrong direction. Yeah. So you're saying, Oh,
1: it's, it's just a tool and it can be used to inspire or to tear down or, you know, it can be used for anything. It's just a thing. And so how we use it will determine kind of what the outcome is. And so I've just embraced it and, uh, just think, you know, I can talk to the whole world. It's so cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. I can talk to the whole world and mm-hmm. I can actually, you know, share stuff that's positive and powerful and yeah. love and light Yeah, and all that. Do you find when you're working with a family dynamic that social media, maybe even with the younger, you know, kids in the family, that it's an issue in a negative way or. Yeah. You, that? you
1: know, yes. And I, I, <clears throat> any kind of technology is always suspect by the older generation, <laughs> right? right? Like so television was going to ruin the family and, and yeah. telephone, you know, people were worried people won't see each other face to face anymore because of the telephone. You can just call people. So I take the perspective that, Social media isn't isn't good or bad. It's just a thing, and it's now a part of life, and how are we going to manage that? Mm. So I'm not one that's like, oh, you know. Yeah. And there's ac- actually a new study just came out of Brigham Young University that there is, the in this one study, they found no uh, connection between social media use and mental health. Really? Which is, I, yeah, I didn't have time to read the whole thing because I was heading yeah. for this uh, right. podcast, but... <laughs> Um, but I thought that was interesting. So I tend to see the positive things, the yeah. ways that it connects people, and it's just a new way of doing life. There's right. this new category of relationships that's emerged from it yeah. that I think is really cool.
0: Yeah. I love what you said, how it's not good or bad. Right. You know, and there's it reminds me of a quote by William Shakespeare. He says, nothing's neither good nor bad. Thinking makes it so. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking of it as this tool for good. Right. is what I'm hearing you say. And that's what you're doing. And you're connecting in ways that you never, it would be impossible to connect without it. Mm-hmm. So it's actually this positive thing for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i on my phone a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, I can't get mad at my kid. But we also do have a lot of face-to-face interaction. And I think nothing yeah. nothing takes the place of that. Right. And so that's when I think we get into trouble, is when it's we're trying to replace face-to-face relationships with with technology that that will never satisfy us
0: right wow so you know you you're, you're obviously really uh, an advocate for you know good mental health and helping people who are struggling in that area and mm-hmm. you know i know that's a broad thing what do you do what does your day look like that you to keep yourself kind of mentally sound and kind of in check for yourself what tell us about what's a day in a life yeah for you?
1: um every day looks different which i love so um, I'm trying to think of which day. <laughs> well, I can think today. Uh, let's see. I got up. Uh, so usually, so I get up. I, I do a 9 o'clock workout. I'm not a morning person. Okay. So I, I do that, okay. except on Fridays, because I teach all day on Fridays at, at UVU. <laughs> at UVU. Okay. Um. That's cool. Yeah, I usually have uh, a couple of meetings in the afternoon. Um, I guess,
0: you know, it, let me ask it differently. And maybe, and I, what what do you do to, to help your mental? My, well, I work out every day. Off, so the workout for sure. I,
1: I prioritize friendships. Okay. And family relationships. So I go out to lunch with friends frequently. Okay. Um, I'm actually going on a trip next week with just one uh, friend. We're just going for a week oh, to Mexico. Nice. So oh, that's fun. my mental health. Yeah. And we okay. do it every year. And our, our families know, like that's, we go yeah. and the goal is do nothing and take care of nobody. We don't, <laughs> we don't take care of each Especially other. what you've Yeah. Yeah. So we just go and, um, and lay by the pool or on the beach and right. t- soak in the sun. So I do that yearly. Um, I read a lot Okay. And I'm really lucky that everything I do for work, I really enjoy. So it doesn't feel like, it just feels like life. It doesn't feel like, okay, I go to work and then right. I do this and then I come home. Right? right. So I'm home. I work from home a lot. I'm preparing okay. lessons. I'm mm-hmm. for school. Um, yeah. I, I manage my business a lot from home. Gotcha. So I have a yeah. lot of flexible time. Okay. I'm a big movie goer, so I go to lots of movies. So yeah. people come to me, I love and say, movies, yeah. So what's what's the new movie to see? And <laughs> what's your favorite? Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of movies. Um let's see, reading, sunshine. Make yeah. sure I get out in the for sure. you know, get out in the sun. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. And yeah. just time yes. social, I, I make a lot of time for for friendships and family, yeah, connecting. relationships, yeah, yeah,
0: I love that piece, the connecting piece. Mm-hmm. And you if know? I
1: don't get that, I I start, yeah, I I start going downhill.
0: Yeah, I love that. I you know it's you know the you know the big the big saying now out here is like you know connections the opposite of addiction, right? And how important connection is and, and having healthy connections and mm-hmm. and I and I think that's great that you you know you go on a trip with your friend every year and. I think that's awesome, yeah, and I think we do that. We need those kind of things in, in our lives, and yeah. we have you. Do you still sing? Are you still doing that? Or
1: um, I'm not a lot. I still write songs, and okay. I, I put out uh, an EP a couple of years ago with some new songs. Um, I just just kind of focused on other things, doing more speaking, teaching, writing. Those kind of things. Oh, I forgot one self care thing oh, that I yeah. do is that my husband and I are, have been awesome about going out every weekend.
0: Oh, date night. Yeah, and
1: yeah. we we've been really consistent with that throughout our whole thirty year right. marriage, and that's really important.
0: That I agree. Yeah, date night is important. You know, and and it, I think that has to be a must. Right, you know, because you know you got married for a reason, so we can hang out, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we go out every now and then. No, it's like yeah. why did we get married? Let's we're, we're there to hang out. So yeah, I, I love that. Um, you know, if if someone's hearing, you know, you, you know, obviously they're hearing what you what you do for a living and whatever, and and they're struggling, what what's some advice you could give someone that's you know just maybe having a rough time? They maybe have maybe even an eating disorder, or they're feeling less than. or mm-hmm. what are some things or some advice that you could give some someone that might be hearing this right now?
1: So two things come to mind. One is that it's really important to separate your worth from your performance or appearance mm. and and experience worth as just an ongoing thing that's inherent because you're a human and you exist. I love that. And that there's nothing you can do to make yourself worth more or worth less. I have a friend who says everybody's worth one cent. Everybody's worth one point, you know, yeah. and you can't do anything to be worth more or worth less. Right, and it's just that's yeah. how it goes. So separating that out, the worth from performance or appearance, okay. is really important. Oh, I
0: love that.
1: Uh, the second thing that comes to mind is to reach out, whether it's to a professional, to a friend, to a family member. When we're when we're suffering, we tend to f- isolate and feel mm-hmm. like we're the only ones, and suffering is the thing that connects all human beings. We all have suffered in some way. And so to consciously do do the opposite of what you want to do, which is hide and reach out, (laughs) reach out to somebody and let them know about your suffering.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Um, How do you do that? How do you, I mean you have someone come to you that they just feel worthless mm-hmm. and and i agree with what you said i mean we're all, we're there's we're all special or there's none of us that are special we're right. all the same our worth the same but how do you get someone to maybe start seeing that and believing that
1: yeah through relationship okay so as a therapist the healing thing about therapy is the relationship and all the research says that that it's yeah. it's the connection between the client and the therapist, no matter what modality or theory you're using, mm-hmm. it's the relationship. And gotcha. so, um, part of that is being able to experience um, and reflect. Like my job is to reflect back that worth mm-hmm. to them, and to have them experience it in a in a way that they haven't before. Oh, okay. Through that through the connection through the. Uh, My valuing of them through kind of modeling that.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? That does, yeah. And
1: because we learn who we are through relationships. Yeah. And they they define us those early relationships you know family relationships and um and that in therapy that's what that's the healing that's where the healing happens. Yeah.
0: No, I, I that's very well said. And you know sometimes you know you hear people will say like they they know the answer but it's almost like like when you say it to them mm-hmm. it's like they just needed to hear it right it's like you know i i, I know that i knew what you were going to maybe say even i've heard this before but it's like your position you're in you've been through it they probably your client respects that you've been through some tough times yourself mm-hmm. and but they just needed to hear it sometimes just yeah. hearing it can yeah. make a big difference right Yep. and, and, again, and
1: experiencing it yeah like n- my I feel like my job is to hold out like, that worth and the hope and, and reflect that back to them and have them experience themselves in a new way.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. So outside of that, mm-hmm. um, what, what are some other maybe key things that you teach in your therapy um, yeah. that you, you know, could share with us?
1: Oh, a big thing is learning to be mindful. So to be the observer of your thoughts and feelings instead of that. over-identify with your thoughts and feelings. Okay. So we are not our thoughts and we are not our emotions.
0: Yeah.
1: We are us and we're experiencing these things. And to, so to be able to develop that observing part um, and just notice what's going on and not judge it. Right. Um, and and really try to live in the present. Yeah. And use that as information, but not uh, it doesn't define you. Your thoughts yeah. and feelings don't define you. So that's a skill that I think is really important for, sure. I, for, yeah, I for love clients to, mm-hmm. to develop, to be able to observe their thoughts and feelings without judgment and to learn from them.
0: Wow, I love that.
1: So that's, that's a biggie. Sure. Um, another one is differentiation of self. So what that is is the ability to be a unique individual while being in connection with other people. Okay. So we often are enmeshed with other people or we're totally disconnected. Mm. But the the healthy place is to be yourself in relationship. And so there's always tension between those two. And how so I teach clients how to navigate that. Okay. How, because you don't want to it's not just all about you, but it's not just all about the the relationship either you have to navigate that so I know that's kind of abstract but sure um but that's something that's big yeah you know how do you become more of yourself because the more you are authentic the closer you can be to other people
0: oh I love that
1: and so if you know yourself and you know Mm -hmm. what's important to you then you can connect in in more healthy ways with other people
0: yeah very powerful yeah, because then it you know it breeds all kinds of confidence and you know self esteem, love for who you are, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think people can sense that, and that's why you see people that are in that kind of a mindset or a mind frame, they they can connect easier because of that. Yeah. people feel safer around them. Right, right. right. Yeah. And there's
1: there yeah, there's a light they carry themselves, mm-hmm. you know, confidently, but not in a way that belittles other people. It's there's this. Yeah, there's kind of this sweet spot where, <laughs> yeah. where people can get to. Oh,
0: I love that. So, um, is if, if if you could give us a challenge, give our listeners a challenge right now. I'm putting you on the spot again. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but you know, someone. I mean, because I know a lot of my following uh, followers, you know, and listeners, they struggle. They have people they know who are struggling with feeling hopeless. Um, you know, they might be going through some of the similar things you have gone through, and they just don't know quite what to do. What's a challenge you could give someone right now that that could maybe make a difference in their life, like right now? Mm. Um, is there something you could maybe share with us that would be helpful there?
1: Gosh, it, it's kind of the same thing I've already shared, but okay. but it's reach out, just Re- reaching out, reach okay. out to somebody yeah. that that you know is is safe. You don't have to suffer alone. yeah, And so, so many people are suffering and they think they're the, it feels like you're the only one when you're in that spot. Right.
0: Which makes it hard at times to reach out because you're, because that's what you feel Mm -hmm. like, well, they won't understand or they're, Mm -hmm. they're doing good and I don't know what to say or. Right. And they're probably
1: suffering in silence too. Right. Um, another thing that comes to mind is the practice of self-compassion. So Self-esteem is how you evaluate yourself okay. in comparison to other people. Mm. Self-compassion is how you treat yourself when you're suffering.
0: Wow, I love that.
1: And so this is the work of Kristen Neff. Okay. And she talks about these three aspects of self-compassion. One, we've already talked about common humanity, which is that mm. everybody suffers. Right. This is something that, we, that brings us together. This, um, the second is mindfulness, So being, we've talked about this too, being able to observe without judgment, your thoughts and your feelings. And the third um, that we haven't talked about yet is self-kindness. So being kind to yourself, saying to yourself or doing for yourself, the things you would say or do to someone else that you loved who is suffering. I love that. So, you know, noticing your self-talk, noticing um, are you doing punishing behaviors or are you doing nurturing behaviors? So treat yourself how you would treat a loved one. And so developing yeah, that powerful. self-compassion, is, it's all within your control. Where self-worth or self-esteem is, is kind of more of a cognitive gotcha. thing. Yeah, very well. Self-compassion is all in your control. And so mm-hmm. you can always treat yourself kindly when yeah. you're suffering.
0: That's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that. That's powerful. <laughs> I I've never, I've, I've never heard self-compassion mm. in the way you just explained it.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of research going on right now. That's, that's great, um, with self-compassion. So it's worth looking at Kristen, mm-hmm.
0: Kristen Neff. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, if someone wanted to reach out to you and ask you a question or get to know better what you do with your business and, mm-hmm. And what would be the best way to do that, and 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 also, what is your website that they could go yeah. to?
1: Yeah. So the b- best way to reach me is through my website. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, drjuliehanks.com, drjuliehanks.com, or wasatchfamilytherapy.com. Okay. For that's for therapy services. Gotcha. Um, there's lots of good resources. We have blogs on both of those websites that are updated regularly with nice. tips and inspiration and you know, good, good stuff. And then I'm on social media at, at Dr. Julie Hanks, Dr. Julie Hanks on most social media platforms. So you can find me there too.
0: Private message you on there. If they yep. have a question for you or whatever, mm-hmm. and they could check out your website. Well, I, I, I want to tell you, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and sharing some of your insight and, thank you. and being vulnerable as well and sharing what you kind of struggled with growing up. And thank you. So I can't thank you enough for being willing to do that.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. No, I'm grateful that I got to meet you, and uh, they're another amazing story, and I really love what you're doing, and it it, it inspires me to want to do more. I appreciate that, Honestly, yeah. Thank you. And I think um, I have a quote on my wall up here that I know you agree with.
1: The most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize that there is nothing wrong with you. Yeah.
0: And I know that's one of your messages that you share a lot, and that's where you and I are really kind of on the same boat with a lot of other things as well. But I just want you to know that um, I really appreciate that you do that. Thank you. And I think it's neat what you do. Um, And like I said, I think life happens for us. I think you went through that at a young age for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because look what you get to do now, yeah, and and all the good you're doing with it. So oh, thank you. You're thanks welcome. So much. You bet. Thanks for being on. And so again, Doctor Julie Hanks, thanks for being here. Um, sure. What a great story. Again, she has two books: the Burnout Cure and the Assertiveness Guide for Women. She owns and directs Wasatch Family Therapy. Please reach out to her. Again, her website's drjuliehanks.com, and. Again, what another amazing story. So, thank you so much, listeners, for taking the time to, to be with us. Uh, please share this with someone you might know that might be struggling. Uh, and again, just thanks for believing in me.